previously on the Riverdale Register. Um. What? No, it's just weird. The microphone. I was like, can I hear myself? I think I can, in fact, hear myself. Oh, hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) My name is John. Caitlin, welcome back to the same episode of the Riverdale Register. So you guys don't know this, and we debated about telling you very briefly, but um, we've done this before. We are living in a Groundhog Day, Russian Doll, Happy Death Day situation. Um, Here's what happened. Um, I don't know what happened, John. Technology evades me. <laughs> Garage Band is an animal you have to you have to you have to control, and sometimes it fights back. And in this scenario, it deleted our entire previous version of this exact episode you're you're listening to. And I had two thoughts at that moment. I thought, a, cancel the whole show. Right, right. And b, get Caitlin and record this episode again. <laughs> Guess which one went out. We're drinking coffee. It's early on Sunday. It's early. It's 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) Um, That's how early we have to do this for you guys. Caitlin, would you like to read some iTunes reviews? We have three of them. I'm sorry if I'm not going to be as enthusiastic as I was the first time we read them. To change it up, I'll go first. Okay. Okay. Funny AF? Is that where? Yes. Funny AF, Lily Bell 720 Love this podcast. Probably the only thing keeping me up to date on the new Riverdale episodes each week. Also, what's both of your all-time favorite show? So in the original <laughs> version of this podcast, we had such good answers. Um, I think that my all-time favorite show is hard to decipher mm-hmm. because it's different depending on my mood. It also is different depending on like what show I like to binge watch versus what show really hooked me in the moment. Um, I, so I think superlatively, I'm going to go with my most obsessed shows, Pretty Little Liars. Um, the show that I watched afterwards but became obsessed with was probably Veronica Mars. Um, the show on Netflix, the shows on Netflix that I like loved really recently were The Society and Chambers. If you notice that all the teenagers, that's like a pattern. I love a teen drama. It's not my only genre, um, that I love, but... I love like a I love like a soapy mystery also so like something that's fun and and mysterious yeah and that's yeah now you it's funny because that basically describes how we came together to do this podcast exactly. because I like all the genre stuff that Riverdale also plays off of yeah my I would categorize my favorite show as something that I always want to return to that I'm always going to be happy to be like oh let's put some of this on yeah uh and there's about like four shows i think that fit into that category which is buffy the vampire slayer chuck battlestar galactica and avatar the last airbender i mean i'm also like me yeah like i'm also a sucker for like comedies like i can always put on an episode of friends i don't care if it's basic john's drinking a pumpkin spice cold brew so we're just living in this world right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Or like a Colonel Mines, you know, sometimes you slide in there. I wouldn't say it's my favorite show anymore, but Matthew Gray Googler's face is always nice to look at. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Riverdale is Life left us a four-star review titled A Really Good Podcast. I love listening to this podcast. I laughed so hard when the two of you called Mad Dog's little brother <laughs> Sad Dog. 
We did do that. In, in the Dog Day Afternoon episode. In last week's episode, you asked if we've seen Governor Dooley, and the answer is yes. We saw Archie talk to him about releasing the boys from L&L when Mad Dog told Archie that they'd be transferred to Hiram's prison. You two seem to work very well together, and I hope this podcast can continue, can continue as long as the show itself. Do you think this would have been a five-star review if we had just remembered where we'd seen Governor Dooley before? <laughs> yeah, I think that was where we knocked off the one star. <laughs> it's like, I really should do your job for you, I guess. Okay. Um, this one is Phenomenal Riverdale Podcast, five stars. Your devoted listener. Um, the hilarious commentary and interesting theory make for an enjoyable podcast. When I was first getting into podcasts, I tried to find one with a topic I found interesting. After binging one to three seasons of Riverdale on Netflix, it was an obvious choice. I was overjoyed to find a well-put-together podcast that is easy and fun to listen to. That was all about one of my favorite shows. And then later, I found the Riverdale Register. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I... I I now listen every week and look forward to each new installment coming out. Thanks so much for sharing your ridiculous and yet sometimes genius thoughts on Riverdale. So I like sweet. that. Mostly ridiculous. Mostly ridiculous. Sometimes genius. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> Which fine. is actually the way I would describe Riverdale. Yes, for sure. And also sometimes myself. <clears throat> Just kidding. Mostly ridiculous, though. That wins, usually. Anyway, John, what's the title of this episode? Oh, you do that part. John, what do we do now? This title, I mean, <laughs> what could it possibly be in reference to? So, it's the 1978 horror film Halloween. Oh, uh, I thought it was the 2018 horror film Halloween. Or it could be the 2018 <laughs> film Halloween. It both starred Jamie Lee Curtis. The original was directed by John Carpenter, written by Deborah Hill. A woman. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, just get excited there. Um, Halloween is interesting because it... It's a slasher movie where Michael Myers gets, uh, he escapes a mental institution, goes on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I feel like this movie, in addition to other ones, but it's the most common, like, the final girl trope. The idea that there's this, like, pure virginal good girl who survives, like, a horror movie. But, um, but in reality, maybe this movie wasn't trying to say anything like that. And maybe instead it was just, you know, in the copying of this trope that it became a trope. Does that make sense? I think Halloween is kind of the the, the iconic creation of this thing that didn't yeah. realize it was creating that then Scream subverted all those years later. Right, exactly. That's like right. Halloween's the pure slasher movie. And it's uh it's quite a time. We saw it in a in an old zoo. Yeah, we oh. saw it on the park that one time. It was very cool. It was good. We'll post a photo of that maybe. There uh, and the and the the title cards in this episode of Riverdale are using the Halloween font. Get it. Also, the Halloween score is like the only horror movie score that's also a legit bop. <laughs> you yeah, just it's dance a total to it. Bop. It's a total bop. Uh, okay. This episode was written by Janine Salinas Schoenberg. It's uh, it's her third Riverdale episode after The Man in Black, which is the one where Archie and Jughead go to a farm, but oh. not, but but not the farm. It's a different farm. Very confusing. Uh, is Hyrule the Man in Black? That's what that episode implied. But did we ever find that out? I don't know. I mean, he mostly wears sweaters. So. Right. He looks so good in sweaters. Fear the Reaper. Uh, she also wrote, which is the one where Jughead's mom knife fights. Penny Peabody. Good for them. So this show, this is the show. You get the show now. I hope by now. <laughs> this episode was directed by Erin Feely, uh, and this is like one of her first couple directing credits. She's done an episode of You, a couple episodes of Orange is the New Black. It's her first episode of Riverdale, but I looked at her IMDb, 
And you know what she has a lot of credits as? What? A script supervisor. Oh, interesting. So it looks like she's a script supervisor who's getting into directing. And script supervisors are some of the hardest working people on a film set because they're basically keeping track of where you are in the script, where you're shooting a scene, and making sure if you've got camera shots that cover everything in the script. So sometimes a director will be like, we've got it. And script supervisor will be like, wait, no. You we lie. Have to get, like these three other things. So they're kind of like... Like quarterbacking for the, or uh, I don't know what that means. Yeah, they're kind of sports metaphoring for the right. director a lot of the time. They're they're integral, and the one at my job is very stressed a lot of the time. Makes sense. Sounds stressful. So good for good for her getting into directing. Okay, guys. So last time I think we did the tiniest plot lines first. Uh huh. Why don't we do the bigger plot lines first? Oh. Yeah. Or why don't we just do so it so that we can feel like we're doing something new? Exactly. Exactly. Why All don't right. We, why don't we start with Betty and then we'll just move on? Great. So, Betty and Jughead play the VHS tape because they have a VCR because. Apparently everyone in this town has a VCR. Yeah, I haven't had one for many, many years, but... I wouldn't know where to find one at this point. Uh, it is six hours of surveillance footage of their house. Archie watched all of it. <laughs> I did not make that up. It's, it's, this was on Twitter, and I laughed so hard when I listened to it, when I read that. It's like, he would do yeah. that. Archie definitely sat and watched all six hours of the tape, and it was like, oh, there wasn't anything in it. Oh, weird. Yeah. Uh... Also, the 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 Smith Cooper Joneses are all just one family living in the house now. It's a little disgusting. Um, Jellybean is clearly furious about the whole thing. Yeah, no, like she never wants rage. to be in a room with anyone anymore because her dad's with her not mom, and, and her, her not sister lives in the house too. With, but her uh, her actual brother uh, is off at a school, and her half brother swings by sometimes. Is it? I guess she is related to him. Yeah. Yeah. She is, obviously. So, yeah. They share some genetic material. That's so weird. So that's apparently not a big deal for anyone else. I mean, it's also very strange to Jughead and Betty when he is home on the weekends. Like, they... They probably share a room. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. There there should be rumors about this family, like, all over town. There should be a lot of people judging them. And then again, it's like you have the the, uh, Blossoms, so it's kind of, like, not that weird. It's like big love. (laughs) It's like big love, but then the Blossoms also, like, literally marry each other's twins. Right. Also, yeah, sorry, that's the other thing. The babies, who are Coopers, um, Mm. they live at the house with the dead body in the basement. So there's the problem. Uh, Yeah. So, So that's life. Charles is still in town. He's helping with these mysterious tapes that everyone's getting and, quote, some other cases. Yeah, I don't know what else is going on in Riverdale, but, like, apparently a lot. So maybe he should stick around. I'm not quite sure if that's how the FBI works. I honestly don't know. I really don't know. Maybe we'd know if we watched that show, FBI. There's so many shows about the FBI that work very differently from each other. Right. So I don't really know if there's <laughs> any That's the thing. Calls. You can't be sure what you, what's real or not because... I only know from TV. I only know from TV, and TV Movies. does things differently. So TV is often wrong. Crazy. A lot of these shows will have like someone who, like, was on the FBI or something, who, who or, or for NCIS, a guy who was on, who was in the NCIS. In yeah, Mr. Nickus himself. Oh my god, uh, the founder of Nickus. Trying to, trying to like, 
explain to the writers how it would work in the real world. And, and the writers like, are like, like, uh, like, and the writers no. like, yeah, but this is more dramatic. So we're going to do this. Yeah, they're like, fine. I'd be like, there's so much more paperwork. <laughs> it must be, that job must be such a letdown every day to be like, oh, well, they didn't take my advice again. Yeah, no. And I understand. It's like you do want to, you don't want to waste time being like, and then we had to do six months of paperwork before we had to file the, like, whatever thing to do the thing. Right. But, you know. So, two kids, teenagers, um, decided it would be a, be a hoot to dress up as um, the man who murdered a uh, shit ton of people at the last school dance and the um other person who did that the monster that tor- that that like kind of like took over the town for a straight year there and who and go that? to school in that yeah imagine if somebody dressed up as like a serial killer that like actually murdered your friends and classmates because it's not just like betty who was affected by this like she actually didn't really have that many people she lost right Right. Did Ethel Muggs die? No, Ethel Muggs is alive. Apparently the Muggs has got a tape, too. Okay, yes, I do remember that. Um, no, but they did murder um, the other girl, the um, Moose's... Midge. Midge. They, like, Midge was killed and put on display in front of the entire, like, uh, like oh, school yeah. and everything with the, with the play, and this guy's just like, hey, check out my Black Hood costume. Imagine being that much of a dick. And then having the nerve to go on Twitter later and be like, oh, everybody in my school is triggered by my costume. Guess what, guys? It's just a costume. Hashtag millennials. Hashtag sensitive. Hashtag snowflakes. They're Gen Z, aren't they? I don't know. Whatever. This guy is definitely an asshole. This guy definitely reads his dad's Facebook posts and is like, yeah, dad's cool. Well, Mr. Honey shuts them down. (laughs) I had a lot of headcanon for that. I'm sorry. At home, Betty's costume is Laurie Stroge. Let's her do fun 70s hair. Yeah, she looks beautiful. It looks great. Uh, but she plays more of a, like, scream uh, role in this episode. When a Stranger Calls. Or When a Stranger, yeah, you're right. You're but right. they already used that episode title. Yup. Uh, the door rings, and uh, two children dressed as the uh, serial killer and urban legend uh, appear at the the door. Are Their they, parents are like, yes, go to the house <laughs> where all of this will be the biggest issue. Go, get some candy. What an asshole parent family. I think it's the siblings of the people who... Yeah, you yeah. think their younger brothers yeah. be like, yo, do this. Exactly. That's Poor probably... Kids. Who are these assholes? I don't know. They suck. I hope we meet them later. But, like, Betty didn't have to give them any candy, but she did. She's a good person. Uh, and she says, you kids will look great. <laughs> Instead of being like, hey, you guys are being extremely insensitive. Weren't you saying that it's kind of ridiculous how, like, these things will trigger massive PTSD in Betty, but, like, oh, yeah. other stuff, like... <laughs> Won't? Yeah, like, like Veronica's adventure tonight no. will never be heard of again. Never mentioned <laughs> She'll again. never be scared when someone else walks into the door of the no. diner. No, no, it'll be fine. We won't even hear about it until next Halloween when she makes a quippy remark. Right. Well, guys, this is much better than my last Halloween, where I was almost murdered by the family man, in case you guys don't remember. And we're like, no, we don't remember, because that was so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Because that was four years ago, literally, right. in real time. JB uh, aggressively stops carving her pumpkin on Halloween nights so she can go play Minecraft upstairs. JB sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Like, if you're not going to finish the pumpkin tonight on Halloween, don't bother exactly. starting it. Make a cornucopia. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Uh, you're just transitioning straight to pumpkin pie mode. So then Betty gets a phone call. And first, there's just creepy breathing on the line, which is always... 
fun. always fun. Yeah. Uh, then, have you know, no one gets no one gets robocalls in this town. It's just always like important calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she get them when they finally do speak the next time. They're using the same Black Hood patented voice modulator. There's no way that there is a voice modulator that can make everyone's voice sound exactly the same. What do you mean they did that in Scream Three? I know, but you can't. It's not. It's or no, no, in Scream Three he could do anyone's voices. Yeah, it's which insane. was like what? <laughs> no, it's insane. I hate that. I that was like in Pretty Little Liars where they had the masks that you could literally turn into anyone. What? Oh my god, you didn't know this? But that's Mission Impossible. Yeah, that's what everyone said, and as someone who's never seen Mission Impossible, I was very confused. Oh my god. But yeah, they literally they literally had masks that like you would put a mask on and you would be the other person. I'm sorry, this was to torment four or five teenage girls. Honestly, it's very complicated, and I'm not really sure, but I do Why know. were the stakes so high? <laughs> the stakes were so high. Um... And what was even more confusing was that there were the masks, but then there were also real identical twins. <laughs> so, so it made everything really easy, not complicated. But it's like when everybody can be anybody, I just feel like it kind of fucks up the stakes a little bit. Or not the stakes, but it, it complicates everything. You can't trust that you're seeing anything you think you're yeah, seeing. It's right. Like if the masks in this situation, apparently we see Jughead's dead body. If that's not Dylan Sprouse or Cole Sprouse. <laughs> what if it's Dylan this whole time? I hope so. Oh my god. That would be really yeah. funny. No, he has very long blonde hair and well, the girlfriend who looks exactly like he, him. I thought he got the hair I thought he got the haircut. I don't know. Maybe you're more Wait, his girlfriend him. looks like him? Literally. He she could be the their like triplet. Like, it's weird. That's super... She's incredibly beautiful. Like, it's not an insult. Okay. (laughs) But, like, it's very weird. All right. Uh, Betty hangs up on the black hood. Uh, Then she hears a sound, a sound of something falling, and runs upstairs and finds Jellybean with her throat slashed. Yeah. R.I.P. Not that sad. She's fine. Yeah. Because she just did that to shock you during the commercial break. Yeah. Not that sad, though. Even if it was real. Even if she got mid, just don't care. JB's being an annoying character this whole episode. JB has been very frustrating because we don't know what she's about. I know. At all. So I feel like the frustration the character has isn't even in the script. It's just the actress being like, I thought I was going to get like yeah. stuff to do. And the actress actually seems really nice. Like on Instagram, she seems like very like cheerful and not mm-hmm. surly like this JB character. Right. But no one's checked in on this girl who was whisked away from her hometown by yeah. her mother, and then- raised in like criminal enterprise by her mother, brought back to the hometown. How? It's implied she was involved in her mother's crime stuff, but then never did anything with her mother's crime stuff, and then got left there by her mother. Yeah. With her dad, who she only kind of knows. Who then immediately moves in another woman and her family into the house. Yeah, I mean, everyone needs therapy here, but, like, maybe JB needs therapy. I think JB needs help. Yeah. I think, like, I would run away. I She probably will. That will be a plot line. Yeah. And then they'll... Oh, and then, like, her favorite game turned out to be, like, the devil. And oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Did she run away already? She Didn't she get, like... Kidnapped? It was, of? like, we were told she was kidnapped, and then she was just, like, off hanging out with yeah. that stupid kid. Right, that stupid kid. Stupid kid who tried to murder Archie. Right, 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 right. I'm sorry, Archie's gonna be a vigilante, but he did get stabbed by a child. <laughs> like, he, he did. Well, yeah, he could fight criminals, not children. I just... Archie's sweetheart. Ugh. <laughs> Sweetie, what are you doing? So the caller claims to be Hal. Do you think the caller's Hal? Because I think Hal's very dead. I don't know. Um, I don't know. 
Because Archie contacted the afterlife multiple times, and he saw all those dead people, and Hal was there. Oh, no, he saw living bef- people, too. That was before Hal died. I don't know. This was this is the season premiere, I mean, when he like saw oh. his grandfather and stuff. Uh, Although there were living people in that in that thing, yeah, too. Yeah, I wouldn't overthink that. I, I don't know. I don't know if they've decided if he's dead yet. Well, is, is his body in the grave? If they were like, oh, his body... Didn't we see him get shot? We saw, well, Betty says she saw him die, but Betty never said, I buried you. Which I feel like would be a very different thing. You know? Would it? Would it, though? Well, it's just a turn of phrase. I mean, in one case, they never said the body went missing, so I'm going to assume he's dead. Yeah. Doesn't mean sure. we won't see him in flashbacks or in uh, dream sequences just again. Like very soapy if he comes back alive. I just think that we have to decide. One of my favorite parts of last season was when I really thought Jason Blossom was alive, and I was like, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're bringing it. Whatever. Ah, but no, this is the season. This is the season. But no, but I thought it was really cool when they were like, oh, no, it was Chick. Like, I was like, that floored me, honestly. I was very surprised. Yeah, and I mean, did was, it, was it worth it? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> was it good? I still don't really understand what happened, and they still have a lot of questions. <laughs> Mystery versus confusion. Right. But, um... Love when a, love when a show answers a mystery and it, and it leads to more questions. Usually you yeah. you don't want the questions to be, what? Right, exactly. <laughs> That's probably the one you want to avoid the most. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Well, <laughs> luckily, uh, oh, the... The caller also really desperately tries to scare Betty by yelling, the call's coming from inside the house! It's not. But, like, you gotta earn that. You, yeah. you can't be the one to tell them that. You want Charles, who shows up with pizza right, and, a, right. Right. and a, the ability to track phones, to, to do that. <laughs> right, you can't just be like, and I'm going from here. <laughs> Click. I'm in your closet. <laughs> uh, yeah, Charles shows up with pizza, and he's like, oh, I can trace calls. I got that in my trunk. What if he just really wants to hang out with Betty, and he's like pulling all these pranks calls? I think that's exactly what. You're like, yeah, no, it's real. It's he's lonely, like, a lonely, lonely hunter. Oh, it would be like he's, a, he's an incorrigible prankster. And he just wants to hang out with his sister. Is he the Reggie? Yeah. Of, of He's adults? the Reggie of the FBI. Yeah. Oh and the God. FBI is like, you got to get out of here. Just send him to, send him to that stupid town. All right. I don't want to see him around. He just sees the worst. The town that keeps uh, giving us issues. Do you remember? Did you ever watch New Girl? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how Winston's thing was that when he did pranks, he either did too little or too much? Yes, I think I do remember that. That's that's this. That's Charles. Yeah. <laughs> his pranks are either just like. I put a blue mark on your shirt. Or... Or, like, I systematically called you over and over again until you until you ripped your sister me. from your life. Yeah, well, I mean... Wasn't that hilarious? It was hilarious for me. Anyway. Uh, Charles and Betty, uh, she tries to ask, like, basically, what are you doing here? Hey, I don't trust blonde men who show up in my life claiming to be my brother. I have a bad history of that. I mean, it happened only one other time, so, like, maybe learn to love again. (laughs) I think one is enough in this scenario. You know what's funny? It's like, she went so aggressively hard with the chick thing. She's like, this is my brother. This is the answer to the missing piece in my life. And then it turned out (laughs) that it was really her serial killer dad that was her darkness. Just think about that. From her other side of her family. Oh, wow. Chick was like, you were just like me. I was like, no, I'm just weird. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Well, yeah, he wasn't related to any of them. No. And they killed someone and hid the body for that kid. Does Uh, Charles know about this? Are we ever going to go back to that? If Charles, if 
it would be actually really dope if Charles found out about that and, like, turned on the family a little bit. I mean, like, I, he's better than them. That's, like, a huge problem. Yeah. I'm just thinking about this now. You know, it's... I I guarantee we'll never hear about it again, but that would be super dope if the show had him, like, find out about that and, yeah. like, make that a thing. It's weird that we don't talk about that. Yeah. It's weird that that was the more traumatizing <laughs> Well, situation. that's because the person they killed was named the Shady Man. Right. Like, no one's looking for this guy. <laughs> Apparently not. This anyway. is my nightmare, though, as we know, so. Uh, Charles just wants a family. Yeah. Poor baby. So they, they start tracing the phone, the call, and you know, because Charles is the thing where he, like, does his finger in a circle and looks at mm-hmm. her and is like, go yes, on. Yes, yes, um, And she tells... The person on the phone, a story about how Hal used to check the apples they got while trick-or-treating in case there were razor blades inside. Normal. Yeah. Because he put razor blades inside of some reasons. Because he knows he does it, so. Right. Others must <laughs> Others well. are definitely doing it. There's this podcast I listened to about, like, the Halloween candy thing. Like, how there's all these rumors that, like, people put, uh, you know, poison in the Halloween candy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it turns out that that's not true. Like, that doesn't actually ha- That's never happened. But there were some weird cases where, like, somebody somebody put, like, rat poison as, like, a prank. But nobody ate it. Like, it wasn't like, oh, oh, oh we were injecting rat poison into the Snickers. Um, and then there was a situation where somebody did meth or drugs or something and then claimed that it was, like, and then the kid got into it and then claimed that it was like the pixie sticks were poisoned. So there's a whole thing. You can look it up, but it's interesting how that like rumor started. Hmm. That is interesting. It would suck to bite into an apple with razor blades. I mean, listen, if you're handing out apples on Halloween, you're already the bad guy. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Don't make Don't worry. The kids aren't eating the apples. (laughs) Yeah. That's not happening. Also, how do the razor blades get in the apples? Yeah. Wouldn't you notice the big slit in the apple about the size of a razor blade to get embedded in there? Yeah, yeah. It's not like you glue it back together. That being said, that's terrifying. It is a terrifying concept, but it doesn't seem very logical. That's just why... Why would anyone want to hurt children by putting blades in food? Have you ever babysat? Just yes. Say. Just say. Yes. Anyway. It's uh, <laughs> fine. We like hanging out in the basement and we watch some Nicktoons I'm kidding. I've actually only had good babysitting yeah. experiences. But I, you know, kids are hard. Apparently parenting is the hard one. Yes, that's true. Babysitting, you just get to visit. That's true. And you watch TV mostly. So Charles says the call is coming from Shady Grove, which is, like, I thought was the good version of Sisters of Quiet Mercy, yeah. but based on Veronica's plot, it's, it's just Sisters of Quiet Mercy again. Yeah. Like, Shit. <laughs> I mean, Shady is in the title. Polly's never going to be okay. Can we just no. throw that out there? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, she went from pregnant in a in a evil church cult place to, <laughs> to giving birth in a real cult place that was an organ farm. Uh, the babies are magic and will never age. What was the deal with uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy? Uh, they worshipped the Gargoyle King. Right, 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 right. Weird. Right. And then they all committed suicide. <laughs> right. But no, they were killed, right? Or no? No, I think they, like, they voluntarily, they were all posed and stuff. Interesting. And now Polly's in another mental institution. Like, shit. Yeah, we're not, we're concerned. So, that's fun. So, yeah, they say Edgar's calling and she picks up excitedly. And then Betty gets to say the line of the night, please 
deliver the line of the night. No, bitch. It's your sister. Edgar's worm food. I think that's what she says. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Edgar is worm food. Edgar is worm food. I don't think I actually said that that well, but it's a smoky here in LA. I'm a little congested. She did it way better in the previous version. I did. I did. Uh, so, yeah. Betty says Polly is dead to her and hangs up on her. And then Charles offers for Betty to join the FBI, the junior FBI program, which... We, we looked, looked it, it up. up. It's real. It is a real thing. There's like a high school thing. And you can't do drugs if you want to be a part of it. That's right. Don't do drugs, kids. So ironically, um, this did happen in Teen Wolf. The character Styles joins the same like junior FBI program. It'd be funny if it like converts. Which is why he's like not in the show for the last season, for like, except for like four or five episodes. Is that Dylan O'Brien? Yeah, that's Dylan O'Brien. Yeah, our our friend Dylan O'Brien. Right, 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 right. Friend of the show. Uh, we do run into him kind of a lot. <laughs> It does kind of happen frequently. Wasn't it just that one party? No, it was two parties. What other party was he at? Actually, it was three parties. It was my party, and then it was... I, I think Steve I only Michael's met him party. at Michael's party. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't actually invited to my party, oh, so... he just came to your party? I mean, to be fair, my party was in a public place. He just showed up. Oh, right, yeah. We didn't think it was that rude, but we thought it was a little weird. I forgot about the story. So... <laughs> yeah, I can't believe he did that. I know. Oh, right, yes, we were all at... The, yeah, the and now I remember. Yes, yes, that one location we go to. Exactly. Yes, and he was there. And he was there as right. well. Right, yes. Uh, yes, the cast of Teen Wolf is a thing that keeps intersecting with my life. So crazy, <laughs> so weird. So that's fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Betty, later on, Betty's talking to Jughead about his... Um, absolutely traumatic night and she's like yeah that's really hard so i think i trust my brother now uh because I'm sorry, I, our brother boyfriend. our brother hey boyfriend you know the brother we share it's all right uh so weird uh all while charles listens in his office and he uh he gives he smiles as they as they like admit that they like him now yeah and it's not like a scary smile no it's not it's nice it's still weird that he's doing this but what sibling doesn't listen in on their on their siblings call yeah you know think about it, it's really not that different right it's like a little rude but um, it's not that big of a deal i'm sorry yeah oh does uh, does allison know about this i don't do it now because you're on landlines <laughs> but it was so easy oh back then. you know what i you, did sometimes do the exactly. do that spy work yeah you're right it's not that hard you just pick up the phone mm-hmm. sometimes you don't do it on purpose you try to make a call oh the little kids don't get that experience anymore do no. they a feeling like a spy no. by listening in on someone else's uh my, phone calls in the house my parents still have a landline yeah do you, do mine do have? too yeah i actually i like, would like one but Younger younger parents probably don't. Yeah, I guess not. I think it's nice because it's like, you know, cell phones go. Missing. I guess, but like, I don't know what 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 is the manner of phone call that I would direct towards the house instead of to uh, my own phone. Well, you know, like I, what what uh, goods and services where I'm like, I'll give you my home phone number or who what people get a home phone number versus your personal cell phone number. I think that if it's if you have two parents who are like together and like married or whatever and like living in the same house, it's kind of a nice way to like have a joint. I guess thing. it's for like family stuff. And also, yeah. sometimes it's like with the internet or not internet with the, you know, your phone doesn't always get good reception. <laughs> or things related to the house, like bills and whatever. Yeah. I would rather them call the home than than call me at work and take my brain out of work. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Also, apparently it's very cheap to get a landline if you have, like, an internet service provider. Oh, bet at this point. Yeah. So Maybe anyway, not guys. like it was back in the day. Proud landline supporters here. Oh, God, we're turning into old people. <laughs> it's fine. I don't 
don't mind. I like being hey, 27. Hey, where are we going next? Uh, Cheryl, Tony. Let's do Cheryl and Tony. Cheryl and Tony. Okay. Yeah. So, in this episode, we discovered that um, Tony doesn't recognize a deal breaker when she sees one. Because <laughs> it feels like we missed an episode where we actually dealt with the reveal at the end of last week's. And now Tony's just... Like kind of pissed, but not really that mad. Like just like Cheryl, can we please get rid of your brother's decaying corpse? It's literally like, oh Cheryl, I hate this t-shirt you have. It smells. Why won't you wash it? No, Tony, it's good luck. <laughs> like it's literally the same. It's like a sitcom plot, but it's a corpse of a dead brother. Right. Who's well, been dead again? A, like three years. Two. Well, at least two. Right. He yeah. died. He died July, but before. No, he, he died earlier because they kept him in the freezer. Well, oh, no, no, sorry. He died on the 4th of July, and they found him in September. You're right. Yeah, so so that's July to sophomore year, July to junior year, July to junior year, July to At least two years. Two and a half years. Right. That's a right. long-ass time. Right. That corpse would not look that good. A lot of formaldehyde. Yeah, disgusting. Uh, also, he had rats living inside of him. And yet, Tony stays. Tony, that's true love, John. Uh, it's definitely unhealthy. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I think... I think the reason there aren't any more Southside Serpents in the show is because uh, Cheryl successfully gained complete ownership over Tony mm. by systematically removing her friends. Very scary. And yet, still one of my favorites. <laughs> so Cheryl reluctantly agrees to bury Jason tonight, but, quote, he won't like it, unquote. So uh, Cheryl and Tony return from burying Jason, which, again, they're very casual about. Very casual. Cheryl's like, this isn't the first time I had to bury my brother. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be the last, is what she says. Or something like that. And they see a creepy doll in the living room. Which you said is like... The boy. Uh, it's the almost, boy. Yeah. So, it's also... Actually, I was thinking about this. It's like the boy, and it's also like Robert the doll. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. So, the show Lore, which is a podcast and also an Amazon show... Has this story that is a real story. It's about this haunted doll called Robert, and Robert apparently is a scary ghost doll. Anyway, but really, I think this plot line is a lot like the boy, which let's get into it more because then I'll explain why. Okay, so Cheryl says it's Jason's ghost. Tony replies, "No, it's it's you. You definitely did this. Of course you did this." And then throws the doll out. Uh, later. My uh, my nerd heart almost explodes because Tony's dressed as Harley Quinn, <laughs> Cheryl's dressed as Poison Ivy, and they're uh, of course they're gonna have sex like that because they are them. That's how they roll. Imagine having sex after putting on your costume. <laughs> <laughs> just, just thinking about it. Like, also they're like, do you think we're gonna get a lot of trick or treaters at Thornhill? No, of course not. No child should be trick or treating at th- your house. Nope. It's nope. the it's terrifying without trying to be. You didn't put up any decorations. It's just your house. <laughs> so I really hope that the kids aren't going to be murdered at Thornhill tonight for Halloween. Well, the baby monitor cuts them off. So they go downstairs, and the babies are silent. So what baby was crying? And the babies are actually in kindergarten, so they're not there. <laughs> Cue Nana saying, I heard your brother crying in the chapel. And when they go downstairs in the chapel, they do find that doll again. And again, Cheryl's like, oh, it's Jason's ghost. He's haunting us. And Tony's like, no, stop this. (laughs) Stop messing with me. Stop this nonsense. 
Cheryl's like, I'm not doing it. Let's have a seance. So they have a seance. So they have a seance. And when they ask the ghost its name, Cheryl basically pushes the... uh, the Do you think so? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah, of course, ghosts aren't real on this show. So it's either Cheryl and our Nana dining it, or it's Tony this whole right. time, and she's been playing us. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> and she's like, this is how I get the fortune of Thornhill. <laughs> Imagine. There's been a long con the entire time. Oh, that would be incredible. I would love that so much. That'd be so funny. I wouldn't believe a second of it, but it would be extremely entertaining. It'd be like... If Tony ran off with the entire oh Blossom fortune. It'd be like Alice joining the And then showed the up in Katie Keene. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, I'm here. I have the bag. Let's go. <laughs> it was all, all planned for was, Katie Keene's end. Yeah. You're exactly. like, you make me make these costumes in a day. It's a whole fucking thing. So, <clears throat> Cheryl says the J stands for Jason, but then Nana cuts in with an alternate theory straight out of like Caitlin's playbook. It's like, no, yes. no, there was three of you. Julian! Who you ate in the womb. Disgusting. And then your mother made a doll of him to rear him at the same time as you until she stopped doing that and put it in the attic. So that's why you don't know what Julian is, but I know what Julian is. (laughs) I hope Julian's not real. (laughs) Like, that would just be hilarious. If they just go and talk to Penelope in prison, she'd be like, no, what What is Nana talking about? (laughs) She's a senile woman, stop taking everything she says. She has one eye and she barely stands. No, of course. What? Yeah, Nana. Have you been refilling her medication or no? (laughs) She is not well. So, Tony is again like, no, it's it's clearly you two. Stop this. And Cheryl, Cheryl is like, fine, if it were me, I would stop this if you let me bring Jason back yeah, into the chapel. That's a fucking manipulative thing. And Tony's like, fine. Which again, no, Tony, this is your second deal breaker. Get out of there. You have other places to stay. It's also just disgusting to have a corpse that's been dead for two years hanging out in your house. Yeah, where are you... Have two infants, eternal infants, the most weak yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. Their immune systems cannot handle corpse. They're not ready. Jason, no. It'd be funny if Jason's holding the baby and like, what situation? <laughs> I would love that. I really hope they do that. So anyway, next time we see them, Cheryl is just brushing Jason's hair, happy he's back, and Tony's just standing, watching this happen. Tony, leave. It's also weird because it's like clearly they were in love when they were alive. Right. So. Yes. Clear. Like Tony, she loves her dead brother's corpse more than you. Uh, Get out. She wants to put Jason in the Harley Quinn costume. Yikes! I know. I'm sorry. I said it. I regret it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um. And then Tony finds the doll on her bed. To which she's like, Cheryl, stop. And Cheryl's like, no, I did stop gaslighting you. But now... (laughs) She's straight up like, I did gaslight you, but this isn't me. Yeah, so it's Julian. I can't do the voice. Nana's like, it's Julian. No, it's Nana. It's clearly Nana. Well... Or... (laughs) This is my alternative theory. So if you guys have seen the movie The Boy, then this is fine to listen to. But if you haven't and you want to... Then stop listening for like 30 seconds because I'm going to explain the whole plot of the boy. In the boy, Lauren Cohen from The Walking Dead, she lost a baby. She has an abusive ex-husband. She goes to this mansion to take care of what she thinks is a child. It turns out it's actually a doll. 
the parents are like, okay, so uh, this is our child. He's a doll. He has uh, rules that are in place uh, because he's a doll. One of those rules is when he doesn't eat his food because he's a doll, you put it in the freezer. Another rule is you must speak very loudly because I guess he wants to hear you in his doll body, etc., etc. So all these rules are in place. She's like, fuck this, whatever. I'm going to just like chill in this mansion for the summer. Um, but what ends up happening is weird shit happens with the doll. So she thinks that the doll is alive. And so like she'll leave a room and a doll will be one place. She'll come back. The doll's in another place. She's like, oh, so strange. Um, but then she eventually, like, forms, like, a loving bond with the doll, who she kind of projects, like, her child onto it. And then what ends up happening is there is no fucking haunted doll. There's a man living in the walls. It's so crazy. It's the best twist ever. I honestly did not, I could not predict that that would happen. I was so impressed with this. The movie does not have a high enough Rotten Tomato score for my liking. I thought it was really fun. And his name is Brahms. And Brahms is in love with her, too. It's, like, really creepy. So that's what's happening now. And, and spoilers and, for the, and for the spoilers boy. And spoilers for the boy. We'll, we'll get more into this. Later. Let, let's, let's sit with that for a little bit. Yeah. You the guys, implications of that, and we'll come back to it in Rumordale. Yeah. You guys think about that. All right. Reggie yeah, and Kevin. Where are we going next? Reggie and Kevin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. A plot for Reggie and Kevin. Reggie... Comes into the common room and yells, guys, I got myself a plot this week. We're going to TP Mr. Honey's office. And Kevin's like, I'll join your plot this week. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not going to be in the episode at all. So they go off together to TP, TP Mr. Honey's office. We're pretty sure this is the first time they've hung out together for an extended period of time. Reggie just learned Kevin's name. <laughs> so <laughs> On the way, I was just like, who are you again? Yeah. I was really kind of hoping to get in on a plot with the core four. Yeah. More he was, screen time. He was hoping to get Archie in this one, but then Mad Dog came in <laughs> and then sniped Archie. Yeah, Reggie is very upset he's not Mad Dog. <laughs> Mad Dog is so much cooler than, so than much Reggie cooler. is. Just seems like he has his shit together, and he was just in prison. So we're pretty sure Reggie and Kevin, when they hang out, they're just all business. Like, yeah. they're not talking about anything. They're just like, yeah, what kind of TP should we get? Charmin? Yeah, I'm more of a, uh, uh, okay, yeah, let's get some Charmin. I feel like Charmin wouldn't, like, fold nicely. <laughs> so I we think it's just toilet paper that they're covering his office with. Yeah. It's not like eggs or any of the other gross stuff. Eggs and toilet paper would suck together. That yeah, would be that's, bad. That's the point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just they truly are, oh. <laughs> That was adorable, I know. You're welcome. What I love about Halloween night on TV is that, for some reason, trick-or-treating goes until, like, 2 in the morning, instead of in the real world, where it goes to, like, 10 p.m., and then everyone and just goes to bed. And even that's, like, whoa. Yeah, that's that's late. Because no one's going to be there after. I've, I've done that, where I, where I was, like, definitely on, like, the tail end of the trick-or-treating years, yeah. and I was still trick-or-treating to the point where I knocked on people's doors, and they're like, dude, I'm, I was going to bed. It's I, like, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, small Go child. home. <laughs> But, uh, Mr. Honey, we're pretty sure he sleeps in that office. Yeah, he has no friends. So, uh, he comes in and he's like, guys, to- all right, Reggie, you stay here. Kevin, you come with me. Yeah, and then he pulls some bullshit on Kevin. Okay, so here's, here's what's up. I think Mr. Honey is amazing. Yeah, he's uh, fun. Like, I could watch, he, anytime he's in a scene, I'm getting excited because I have no idea what this guy's deal is or what he's going to do next. He seems maybe maybe he's a good principal. Just he he him. might just be like he, I here's what I think I think he's just like a like a good a good like teacher guy who's just trying to turn this fucking crazy town around. Yeah, and everyone thinks he's a monster, but he's like 
hey, maybe, except for the part where he destroys Reggie's car. Right. Uh, obviously, unless, this point, <laughs> unless, unless it really wasn't him. Yeah. He's just being honest and be like, oh man, I can't believe these hooligans did it. But the way ride? he talks, <laughs> the way he talks sounds like it sounds like he's a psychopath. Exactly. But it'd be hilarious if he was like, no, why the fuck? <laughs> You're my student. That's very unprofessional. <laughs> But he pulls Kevin aside. He's like, "So Kevin, you've had a rough couple of years with the um, with the yeah. I kind of forgot about with, a lot the, of with stuff. the murder victim who you displayed for everyone. The cult invading your musical and mm-hmm. and tonight, right now, this is on the same level as those yes. two things. Yes, 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 for sure. Uh, he suggests that Reggie took advantage of Kevin, and this will get in the way of Kevin's journey to uh, NYU Tisch School of the Arts. Uh, Kevin, your dad is unemployed." <laughs> uh, and your mom is armying. Arm. Arm. Yeah. Army. Yeah, yeah, she's army. Um, but I don't it, think you can afford that. But here's the thing. It literally doesn't matter unless the show says it matters. Also, Archie, it matters. <laughs> that's true. Archie, his just, mom is a lawyer, it matters. Honestly, it could just come off of Ron and be like, and I'm paying for Kevin's college. Yeah. So exhausted. <laughs> or Josie hits. So we're actually wondering if this means that Kevin could appear in Katie Keene at some that point. That would be amazing. I think... That would be better for the character, honestly. I don't think he belongs in the Riverdale, like, murder gothic stuff. Yeah. But he could he could really soar in Katie Keene, which seems to be all of the all of the romantic drama without any of those darker elements. And also, it's he loves musical theater. You know, just put him in there. He's your yeah. stepbrother. Yeah. Make it happen. Right. Make it rain. Right. Ugh. I want to see him and Josie, like, living together. I think really that would be really entertaining. Yeah. I hope they do it. And that's, again, why I just wanted the spinoff to be Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know why they didn't name it Josie and Katie. Right? It seems weird that the spinoff is about a character who's never appeared in Riverdale once. Yeah, it's strange. But anyway, um, Kevin puts all the blame on Reggie. So, great. Yeah. So then, uh, then Mr. Honey goes to Reggie and he's like, hey, Reggie, uh, you're, you're famously a prankster around town. Not Something true. he's not known for. Nope. Uh, Kevin's known for dealing drugs, or playing Reggie. football, and trying to shoot that guy that one time. That's what everyone knows him for. Yeah, those were not pranks. Those are those hilarious pranks we pulled. <laughs> that time yes, we tried nice. to shoot that person. Hilarious. <laughs> so good. Oh, so so good. Mr. Annie's like, hey, uh, do you pull these pranks because your dad abuses you? What a fucked up way to phrase it, too. Like, he really does phrase it like that. Like, oh, he's like, would you rather have people laughing with you than cry? Would cry? Then, what then really. Say? Oh, maybe they won't notice the bruises on you if they're too busy laughing at you. I'm pretty sure I notice bruises when sorry, I laugh. Sorry, laughing with you. No, not sorry. They're laughing at you. I'm pretty sure they're not laughing at him for being abused by his dad. No, like, he's also not funny. Right, right, right. So, uh, after Honey uh, just kind of just insults Reggie a lot, and he's like, yeah, everyone's laughing at you. You suck, Reggie. Clean my office. Uh, Reggie, Reggie does. He cleans the office. Which really shouldn't have taken all night if it's just taking down toilet I like paper. I think it you like a few seconds. Yeah, yeah, like just a couple, like a couple of minutes. Throw it in the trash, but all right. Uh, honey finds him in the morning. Be like, great, thank you. Um, get out of my room. Uh, I think it's funny that they're sending him home when it would have been really funny if it was like the next day was just a school day. It was like, all right, Reggie, get to class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is a Thursday. Yeah, it, it was. It was a Thursday this year, but. Uh, when they were walking out to their cars, Reggie sees that his car has been covered in TP and the windows have been bashed in. This is way lights. more. Yeah. Th- this is worse. This is going to be money. Yeah. Uh, Fuck you, Mr. Honey. And then Honey's like, oh, I can't believe that 
that sucks. Those kids, that, do you want to ride home? I'll just... Again, just, just a way... Just a nice guy. Just He's just a kind person. Or he wants to get Reggie alone in a car. Really creepy. I uh, get it, but creepy. Reggie's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I think this is really, really good stuff, and I'm glad that Reggie got this. Yeah. Yeah, good for uh, Reggie. But also, like, dude... What the hell is Honey's about? Is he going to put a beehive in, in the Honey's office? Oh, right. He hasn't retaliated to Cheryl yet. No, but... W- what if he wait. respects Cheryl now? Or he's, like, actually scared of Cheryl, but again, he just sounds like a psychopath all the time. Yeah, maybe he's like, a shit, this woman put <laughs> oh a beehive Oh my god, this girl put a beehive in my office. Terrifying shit. <laughs> oh, should we do Archie now? Yeah, sure. Archie and Mad Dog. So Mad Dog comes in and gives Archie a better plot to be a part of. <laughs> Dodger's back after that looks around at everyone. Vigilante looks back at Archie. Beat him up. That vigilante's not you, Archie. Everyone uh, hears vigilante, they think Archie. So he says uh, Dodger's planning on, quote, wildin', unquote, uh, Halloween night. Uh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Veronica suggests a way to keep the children safe is to, is to host a Halloween party. I thought they were going to do chaperone the kids trick-or-treating. Like, like oh, be with yeah. them, with a group of kids. But sure, they host a Halloween party at the boxing gym. So that's fine. Uh, she'll have, And she's like, don't worry about costumes. I'll have my friend Katie Keene from New York at a cool art high school whip up some for you. Tomorrow. I like, honestly, by tomorrow. This outraged me the whole time. I really... I really thought that they also meant that she was going to make costumes for every single one of the kids, but this is also just as bad. It's just it's just for Archie and Mad Dog, but like custom fitted original characters. Like Katie's not just like making a Superman costume; she invented Pure Heart the Powerful and even and made she, the costume. Even if she was just making a superhero costume, like the fit is perfect. She, yeah. she had to get all the measurements. <laughs> it's not like she was just like here's a cape. And right. also, she lives in New York. We don't know how far that is, but it seems further enough than... It's not like 20 minutes away. Do I believe that Veronica would have all of Archie's exact measurements? Yes. Probably, yes. She would definitely be like, so I could buy you this beautiful suit that fits you so perfectly. I'm but curious. how did she get Mad Dog's exact measurements? I think Mad Dog's measurements are insane. <laughs> just, just a thought. Like how? Yeah. This boy... It's like, uh, I, I don't believe you. This has to be this fucking This is too wrong. many. Katie Keene sent an email back be like, this can't be correct. <laughs> the chest is too wide. The torso too small. My theory is that Katie Keene uh, is secretly really into LARPing, live action role play, uh, yes. in like a superhero game. So like, she, she just had these. Maybe. That's possible. She was already halfway there. Still fucked up to ask. It's also pretty rude of Veronica to assume that Archie and Mad Dog didn't have plans for their Halloween costumes. Yeah, she just assumes really fast. He's like, she's like, well, there goes my fucking cat costume, okay? <laughs> Archie's going to be a kitty cat. Yeah, exactly. It's horrible. A sexy cat, just like Charles Boyle. That's so weird. So weird. So Archie is Pureheart the Powerful, which is a character from Archie Comics in a storyline where Archie got superpowers. He was Pureheart the Powerful. Mad Dog is a character called The Shield who was created two years before Captain America, so that's wild. Yeah, that is weird. Uh, and Archie throws on a pretty chill party. Like, the music's not pumping. It's just, like, a bunch of kids hanging out, drinking pop and punch. And yeah. Sure, that seems fine. That's safe. No no parents around. I would figure there'd be some parents around. But yeah, that would be more characters. I'm just saying, it 
when you think about it, as a parent, would you send your kids to the youth center that's in a boxing gym run by the kid who famously was on trial the entire previous summer for maybe murdering three so, guys in the woods? It's honestly the first time I've thought about how you would not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> wow. Like, everyone must know about Archie's crap in this town. Um, so, the pro- uh, finds a kid named Eddie who has a knife. And Eddie's a piece of shit, and I hate Eddie. And everything that happens in this episode with Archie's <laughs> plot Eddie's is fault. Eddie's fault, not Archie's fault. Uh, Eddie has a knife. So Archie takes the knife. <laughs> yeah. Then Dodger shows up and almost recognizes Archie. But then Mad Dog like is like, hey... You were beaten up by a vigilante, so, like, I know you can be beaten up. Get out of here. Mad Dog continuously mentioned the vigilante. Which is, yeah, which is like a... He was beaten up by a vigilante, alone in a parking garage where no one else was there to see. So, Mad Dog, how do you know about this? Mm. You're not making things better. No. Yeah, Mad Dog's a really big fan of that time Archie was a vigilante. <laughs> yeah, he didn't realize that it was multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> when he finds out this happened before, he's going to be so impressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so happy. Uh, so Dodger leaves, and, uh, Archie finds out that Eddie, uh, has been working for Dodger, and he's scared of Dodger, and Dodger's waiting outside with a gun. It can't, why does Archie, why does Dodger care about these kids? It's like, Dodger, you can't run a criminal empire without children. It's that's weird. It's weird. I think that's a commentary on your inability to lead adults. Yeah, I think so. Too. You have to, you have to scare kids. Wow. I think we're well aware. What a great criminal. <laughs> we're well aware that, uh, that the criminals in this town are bad at criminaling. Right. So. They're bad at criming. They're bad at crimes. Uh, Dodger has a gun. Uh, and Archie finally calls the cops. Good for Archie. Well, not he doesn't call 911. He definitely calls FP's for a personal cell yeah. number. FP can't answer it, so he leaves a message. <laughs> Which is, like, you'd probably be more successful if you called Hello, police. Anyway, Archie and Mad Dog lock a bunch of the doors, but Eddie's gone. Again, Eddie's fault. <laughs> they hear gunshots. Eddie's been shot outside, and FP scares off Dodger and his gang. And shot, then, but not well shot, because he was shot in the leg, so how right. did that happen? So how's Eddie doing? Not great, Bob. No, not great. But also, not that bad. It's a flesh wound. They he's say like, it. Archie, you can't... Yeah, just like in Monty Python, he's like, Archie, you can't protect me. Either either, uh, either I'm I'm a snitch and I'm dead, or do- or I work for Dodger. And like, no, Eddie, you're... You did, Archie, you shouldn't feel bad about this. You yeah. did nothing wrong. You did everything right. This kid just screwed you over. Like, keep working at it. Why are there so many homeless kids in Riverdale? I honestly don't think he's homeless. I just think that he lives in the other part of Riverdale. Oh, I, he suggested, like, where do I go after 10? Like, Oh, home. maybe he is homeless. But I don't think he can go home. Oh. There's, like, a lot of homeless kids in Riverdale. How is this town ever, like, the town with pet? Yeah, no, the underbelly was pretty much just the belly. So, um, later, Archie's talking to Veronica, and he's very impressed with her story about how she almost died, but he wants to talk <laughs> about his thing instead. Uh, he needs to clean up the streets, of and he course. starts regarding his costume again. Veronica's uh, like, you can't wear that. He's like, you're right. I'm gonna need a mask. I hate that so much. <laughs> so we're doing it again! I hate it so Archie, much. I think, I think what happened is, season two Archie died last year. And, and, and remember when he, when he died yes. and came back in season one, Archie returned, and he's like, oh, I never did a vigilante thing before. I can do it now. Yeah, this is new. This is fresh. 
Right, so maybe we should talk about Veronica. Oh, uh, let's do it. It's real short. Yeah. And real funny. <laughs> so uh, a man enters, pops, uh, and Veronica's like, oh no, we're closed. The, the sign says 24 hours. The 24-hour diner you is... You can see it on the sign. It's, cool. it's always... It's almost part of the title. Pops Chocolate Shop 24-hour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's closed. He's, he says he's been driving for 18 hours trying to get home to his family, and all he wants is a home-cooked meal, to which I would reply, well, you're at a diner, so, so you're going to so get leave. a diner-cooked meal. <laughs> so uh, Yeah. It sounds like you should keep driving. <laughs> and of course he's a murderer. <laughs> if he any- walks in basically saying, hey, I'm a murderer. Can I get a home-cooked meal? And Veronica's like, sure, I have daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, sure. So. so she feeds the trucker, and he shows her a picture of his family. He's very proud of his family. He's killed them all. She gives him coffee, offers him dessert and pumpkin pie, and then the the TV comes on and lets everyone know that a serial killer named The Family Man has recently escaped Shady Grove. <laughs> he murders people after they cook him home-cooked meal. Yeah, he killed a trucker and yeah. stole his outfit and truck. Then he went straight to Pop's Chocolate Shop, and Veronica, he's behind you right now. <laughs> oh, Veronica. I mean, to be fair, she was trying to be nice, but they shouldn't let a 16-year-old work in a diner alone. Well, she owns the diner. They shouldn't let a 16-year-old own a diner. 17-year-old? They shouldn't let anyone under 18 own a diner. So, there is a really cool moment where it's clear he knows she knows, and she knows he knows, and then he runs after her, and she runs to the Lebone nut. And this is my favorite part, because there is a sequence of Veronica taking a bowl, pouring alcohol in the bowl, and then waiting she, like, stands, like, by the bar, like she's going to drop this thing on his head. Right, right. Now, now, he has a lighter when he comes down, Like, but... It, but she doesn't did, know that. Yeah, she did not know that he had a lighter. So what was her plan? Her plan... Is, oh, and by the way, when she drops this thing on him, he literally bursts into flames, yeah. basically. So... She immolates him. Yeah, which is fucked up. Was she going to set him on fire if he didn't have a lighter? Right. Did she have her own fire source she was going to use? Was that always want, the plan? Did she want him to get really wet? Like, I didn't understand. Like, this really worked out for her. But did she go down there being like, God, I hope this guy has a lighter as she was mixing that? It's very strange. It's a very... Like, I don't know why they weren't just like... They wanted him to be on fire. Why weren't they just like, Veronica hits him over the head with a bottle of Jack Daniels and then it explodes and he's on fire? You know what I mean? Doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, that. Why did she have to plan it in advance? It's not like he was following her around with a lighter. It doesn't make any sense. It was very cool to watch uh, Veronica. It was one of the best Veronica plots yeah. in a lot in a while too. Did she kill him? Um, unclear. I know they don't say she that. survived him. She survived him, but is he okay? Who cares? I mean, I guess. I, but I just feel like this is a trauma. And we'll never speak of it again. <laughs> this would be a trauma, right? I feel like Archie's done things that are less bad, and he still has weird flashbacks. Like, her plan was even including turning off the lights, which meant she knew he would need to produce a source of light in some way. It's so convoluted. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't have had a flashlight or anything, but you didn't know he had a lighter either. It makes no sense. If he could have, if he asked for a smoke at some point, then you'd be like, he has a lighter, I know this. But we don't smoke on the CW. Actually, that's not true. There was one show that had a lot of smoking this year, and I was very surprised by it. What one? It was In the Dark. 
But you, oh yeah, 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 the blind one. Yeah, but it kind of oh, is... C on ABC Plus or uh, oh, <laughs> Apple TV Plus. <laughs> it's honestly though, In the Dark is really good. They have a really, really good end to their mystery. Did it? Oh, there was a mystery. It's really suddenly. Yeah, if you have a chance, I think it's only ten episodes. You is, can watch it. Is it probably on Netflix? Or? It's on Netflix. Now. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, where would you like to go next? Because that's Veronica's whole plot. I think we only have a uh, Jughead left, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Wow. So uh, Jughead finds an army flyer for Moose. Moose is thinking about leaving Stonewall Prep because, quote, at least they're not calling you Gargoyle Boy, unquote, from the man who was born Marmaduke and, and shows Moose. going by Marmaduke. And, and Gargoyle Boy's a pretty cool nickname, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I understand him being offended. Also, your dad wasn't really the Gargoyle King. Yeah. So it's not that bad. Right, exactly. He just, you know, tried to murder you and Kevin that one time at the sex bunker. He tried to murder them because he's also in love with Kevin's dad. Right, yes, exactly. That is some pulpy shit. Yeah. 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 I wonder if Kevin's dad and him ever talked about that. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing. Kevin was like, Kevin's dad was like, no, but I'm in love with Mayor McCoy. Right, 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 right. Sure you are, Sarah Filler. Anyway. So, the Stonewall kids are showing off their favorite horror authors. Uh, Jughead's is H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, and Brett's is Poe. And Mr. Chipping's like, these are great. This will really help me with inspiration for <laughs> my novel that I'm stealing from y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys would just write, like, a couple of chapters of... Uh... <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, I wrote an outline for a horror novel, and you guys turned it into a full-on novel using these yeah. authors as templates. And then I'll choose the winner for a <laughs> I'll prize. I'll choose from. It'll be great. Uh, Brett really likes the story about... Which, which is the one? The Cask of Amontillado. And I can talk about it if you want. Please. Okay, so in, in the Poe story... There's this man who it's told from his perspective, and he is offended because this kind of, like, asshole guy that he hangs out with, who's kind of like a pompous idiot, um, he slighted him in some way, though you never really find out why he did or, like, what he said. But basically, this guy's like, fuck this guy, I'm gonna go get revenge. So, this guy is very arrogant, and he thinks he's, like, the best wine, you know, he has a good palate for wine or something. So he's a big whiner. Yeah. So the narrator is like, oh, hey, dude, like I have this like fancy ass wine. Like, do you want to go try it? And he's like, oh, no, you know what? I'll just ask this other guy. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Then because this guy has such a big ego, he's like, no, 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 no. Like, let me try it. Like, okay. So he gets the guy drunk and they go down to like the catacombs where he says that he has like, he, for some reason, kept this wine. I don't really know how it works (laughs) in whatever country they're, I think it's Italy. Um, it's like Italy during a carnival. wine cellar. It's like it's not a wine cellar. It's like the catacomb wow. rips or something. Like the undercroft or something. Yeah, it's I don't know. Anyway, so he gets down there. And he's like, "Yeah, the wine. It's back there. Like, go look for it." And he goes, "It's back there next to the bricks and cement." <laughs> right, exactly. And literally, there is like bricks and cement and like whatever. So he goes into the thing, and then uh, the narrator locks him against the wall like with chains yeah, chains him up and then he just builds the bricks uh and he closes him in so the guy never uh never it will be found he also throws his torch in at the last moment like wait before he throws in the last brick. oh so it'll burn up all the oxygen i guess so i actually think it's worse if he didn't do that though yeah, to just put him in the dark. Yeah. Or yeah, it'll be longer and more painful and right. awful. That's what I'm thinking of. I think it's worse if he... Yeah. I don't know. 
That's, uh, yeah, that's, that is truly terrifying. Yeah, that's, I think, probably my biggest fear. So. Um, yeah. That's your biggest fear? I well, thought it was the finding it. <laughs> yeah. I think that anything where you have to sit with a lot of um, your thoughts, knowing you're going to die, that's, like, a big thing. That's being being trapped in the dark when death is also represented as falling into darkness yeah. is a pretty scary way to go out. For sure. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Light shit. Brett and the <laughs> others start talking about uh, a group of kids called the Stonewall Four. According to Chipping, over the course of 30 years, four different kids have just vanished from Stonewall. Prep. This doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. That's a long amount of time. Right. And yeah, right. if it was all at once, that would be scary in a different way. Yeah. But this is just like, oh, kids sometimes leave the school and don't leave anything behind. I feel like over the course of 30 years pre-internet, it's pretty easy to just disappear from that, a place. That's what I thought. I was like, okay, like I kind of understand that if this was like recent, like every year over the last four years, they got rid of their Facebooks or Instagrams, whatever. Right. But like 30 years ago. Yeah. I actually, I have a guy that I know who was a good friend of ours and basically just vanished. But like, I know he's alive and I know he's okay, but he just cut everyone off for no reason. One time, this was uh, when I worked at that candy <laughs> store. When I worked for that candy store, the uh, woman who was supposed to be our manager and who was helping us set up the whole place uh, on the day we were meant to be, we were opening, she just didn't show up. What? Is she okay? So, like, they left us with a bunch of people who were going to manage other stores that were opening. Yeah. And, like, they managed us for, like, the first couple weeks and everything. Months passed. We had got, like, we passed through two different managers because that location sucked. Yeah. Uh, and then one day... The woman walks right in. What? To like to like talk to our current manager. It turns out she got so scared and overwhelmed at the last minute that she decided the best move was to just vanish. Why the fuck? Yeah. It's a candy store. Right. It's not even a particularly busy candy store. No, that that was the problem. Right. Okay. Wow. That's a bad choice. Right. Were they like, you can't come back? Obviously. You've proven to be a very untrustworthy manager. So Jughead is researching the Stonewall Fort when Donna uh, shows up, who we thought was real cool last week. No, she sucks. Uh, and she drugs his coffee and knocks him out. Uh, and Brett and the others gather around and say, say hello to the Stonewall Four for us. And next time we see Jughead, he wakes up in a coffin. Yeah. Maybe underground. He missed Betty's Halloween party. He's going to miss Betty's, Betty's chair going home for Halloween with Betty and angry Jellybean. Maybe that's why Jellybean was so angry. Yeah. She's like, my brother's in a coffin. My brother somewhere. didn't even show up. Uh, that is sad, actually. He uses a lighter to, to, to light the space. He's done this before. I would yell, hey, man, you're going to need that oxygen. Remember when he got left in that refrigerator? Oh, yeah. He did the same thing. We were mad about it then. <laughs> Jughead, stop it. Stop it. So dumb. Uh, he yells at Brett, but, like, Brett's definitely not there. No. He's like, I've survived worse. I'm like, you've survived a refrigerator. Yeah. You survived yeah, basically yeah. the same. The refrigerator, I think, might be worse for some reason. Uh, Stronger material. I'm like, we call up one more time to show him still trapped there. Uh, and then he, like, dreams for a second that there's dirt coming in. Like, everything's bad. Uh, and then when he wakes up, it's just a dream. And Mr. Chipping lets him free. And Mr. Chipping's just like, 
You've been had. That's a prank. Don't call the cops. No one can know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Yeah, it's not a prank. That's like a a hostile situation. Psychological torture. Brett's like, listen, Jughead, if this is a problem, you can always just leave. To which I yell, Brett, those aren't the same only options. You can... He can go to the principal. You can be like a nicer human being also. That's like an option. You yeah. cannot be such a shitty elitist They're asshole. Like, you belong here now. What? It's like you can belong you belong here, but also we still want you to go and that was the point. Right. So unclear. Um yeah, it messed up. So Jughead returns to his room and find Moose has vanished. He's just not there. Yeah, because when you leave schools that you, you're, like, boarding schools, you take all your stuff with yeah, you. Yeah, you don't leave, like, a clue trail. And I don't know. I don't know. He probably quit all of his social media because of, you know, everyone being like, hey, your dad tried to kill you that yeah. one time. Also, like, he and Jughead were not particularly close. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think that he owes him anything. That being said, there's always a possibility that Mr. Chipping's a vampire and just, like, ate. The dream. <laughs> Him. So, John, what happens now? Well, John can play some calls, uh, but he's like, did Brett and the others just want him out of the way, so, or want me out of the way so they get rid of him? Weird. Like, Betty, don't worry. When I was in there thinking of you, <laughs> kept me sane, and everything's going to be all right. Uh, Cut to uh, FP and Betty standing over a body with a sheet over it in the morgue, and Dr. Creepy Jr., Pulls it back, and it's it's Jughead. Clearly, he's got some blood on his face. He's stark white, cold, blue lips. Jughead's dead in the future. So and that's the end of the episode. What is our reaction? Because here's the thing. Did not watch this part of the episode at all. <laughs> the first time, I lost my shit when we recorded this because John told me this, and I thought he was joking. I hope, I hope so hard that he's actually dead. You want, you want him to actually be dead? Oh, uh, I want that so much. I want that so much for myself. Not because I don't enjoy his performance, and I, not because I don't like Jughead's plot lines, because they're usually pretty good. But, like, that would just give so many stakes. The It'd be stakes. pretty great. It'd be, It'd be so great. Can you imagine if the stakes were raised? Yes, the stakes have to be raised. I would love it so much. So um, let's jump right into Rumordale. Yes, let's please. I hope Jughead's dead. He's not. He's definitely not. It's definitely some sort of a prank. I think... It's a wretched prank. I think there the, there's going to be a villain in Jughead's story... Against whom they have to fake Jughead's death. I think it's Mr. Chipping. Uh, and I think um, that's what's going on here. Is that they're faking his death so that Jughead can, I don't know, do do some shit. Yeah, that so would make sense. Because they don't seem that sad, right? It would be it would be weird for a show to build up all this time to like just being like this character is going to die for the end point to be, yes, they do die. Because that's not very dramatic. And also for them to die, and then you bring that up in the fourth episode of the season. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? So, like, Arrow and The Flash this season have also been telling storylines where both characters are aware they're going to die, like, in December. Uh, and one of them is doing it much better than the other one. But it's interesting that these are, all three are happening on the yeah. CW right now. Uh, but also, there was a whole season of Doctor Who where the whole build was... You're going to die. Dramatic. And he lived. Huh. Um, I mean, I don't think Jughead's really dead unless Cole Sprouse gets, you know, he doesn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Basically. Uh, I also think Charles is not 
evil. Yeah, I, I think that would be very annoying if he was evil. So I hope he's not evil. I think he might not trust Betty. Yeah, that makes sense to and me. And that's why he's watching her. My my other big thought is that there is a man living in the walls of Thornhill. <laughs> right, right. Which makes sense. The end point of the boy is that you think Julian is living in the walls of Thornhill. Yes, and I think that he was living in the big mansion, and then when Cheryl burned it down, he had to move to Thornhill or something. Alternate theory. Julian's the body, and Jason's in the walls. Possible, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very possible. Not really any different, but we think by the end of the season, Trevor Steins will yeah. be on the show speaking uh-huh. as either Julian or Jason, and he'll sound like, Hello, I'm Jason or Julian Wasson. That's the dream. <laughs> that's all we can ask for. I really do hope that's real. I think it's the only thing that makes sense. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. The, why, the, the eating in the womb thing is a red herring, and no one should trust a single word Nana ever says. Put her in a home. Yeah, Jesus, not this home. Put her in the Shady Grove. Uh, it's not like she could it ever... her. It's not like they could ever revert back to Penelope's care. Uh-huh. It's not like Cheryl's going to now be her mom's daughter again, because her mom is a fucking psychopath. Right. So we're aware of this. Right. Yeah. Where, um... You don't have any thoughts on these tapes, though, do you? You know what's weird? I don't. Yeah, me neither. It's someone who knows everyone, but, like, the fact that it adds in Pops and uh, the Muggs family, like, in that list of people who got tapes, means it's, like, someone coming for all of Riverdale, not just our main four characters. My, I mean, the only thing I think of right now that probably isn't true is if it is Julian. If Julian is... Well, he's, like, some kind of... He's arch- from inside the walls. Yeah. He's doing this whole thing. It doesn't make a ton of sense, but, like... It could be like, a, I was trapped behind the wall, so now I watch you. If the follow-through was like, nah, just kidding, this guy was the guy go king all along, too. It'd be like, remember when we said it was Jason Blossom? Yeah, no. We really meant, yes. wow, this is the second time they're teasing the potential resurrection of Jason Blossom. I love it, though. I love it. So that's... It's fun. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into some superlatives. Best smile, chick. Best... Uh, Charles. Charles. Oh, not chick. Not chick. Hardcore no. Class class couple, Cheryl and Tony. Yeah. Poor Tony. Poor Tony. Poor, poor Tony. Um, Clinton, most likely to succeed. Uh, Brett. I would say Betty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most in need of a punch to the face. Brett. Brett. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. What do, uh, what do we do now? Class class prankster Reggie. Reggie, <laughs> Reggie, or Mister Honey? Because he uh, did do what a, a fun prank. He did a better prank. <laughs> he really got him. Really got him. So, uh, Kaylin, what are you looking forward to right now? I had a different answer last week, but this week is I actually signed up for CBS All Access. I know you're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you going to watch? So I read the pilot script for Why Women Kill. Why Women Kill came out a while ago. Yeah. Um, and not that I didn't have an interest in it, but you know, CBS all access, like uh, it's expensive. Mm. So, and I only, I don't watch anything else, but I did sign up for a free trial. I'm hoping I remember to cancel it in time, but I just really like it. It's a show that it's three different women's stories. It's very desperate housewives, but it's three, three different time periods. It's like the fifties, the eighties, the, um, like right now. And it, (laughs) it tells, it tells like different stories of why women kill. And it's implied that they kill their husbands or partners or whatever, but I don't think that's how it's going to shake out mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so it's interesting. It's fun. It's very Desperate Housewives. Yeah. 
That's fun. It's it's by the guy who created it. If you haven't watched Evil yet, that's on CBS All Access too. All the previous episodes. Oh, it's not. It's on CBS though. Normally, yeah, it's right? a CBS show, but yeah. like that's where they put episodes oh, on CBS All Access. Cool. Okay. So like, give it a shot. Yeah. I think you'd like it. I've read the pilot. I thought the pilot was really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently looking forward to the fact that they announced they're making a Green Lantern TV series, Yay. and he's like my favorite comic book character ever and damn if there's any way i can get my butt into that room and like work on green lantern the like a live action television series for hbo max which they're probably going to put money into i would i would be so happy you knew this information yesterday though right yes okay cool yeah I was like, did you say something else i did i did yeah. <laughs> um this is what i'm choosing to talk about now cool 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 i didn't want to have the same rant as last time i couldn't have produced the same level of rant as last time totally get it so um that's cool. It's going to be a long time before we see it, but yeah, no, that's but still cool. I feel the same way about the Gossip Girl reboot. It gives me time reboot. to get the job. Yeah. Oh, right, Gossip Girl reboot. Yeah. Is it a reboot? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's what it sounds like. Why? It's so soon. Well, now it's going to be like social media. Yeah, social media has it, changed. It makes a lot of sense. Right. Caitlin, where can they find you? You can find me at Riley Tweets on Twitter. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. You can find our podcast on Instagram at the Riverdale Ride. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> at, at the Riverdale Register Podcast. And uh, John, what about you can you? find me the. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I couldn't even spell that if I tried. You can find me on Twitter at John Patton. You can find me on my blog Catching the Rye. Rye spelled W R Y. Good pun. I put out a Watchmen piece, which I'm actually really proud of. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Comparing. The HBO series with the current sequel happening in the comic books. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I guess that's... We don't really know... I don't know what's happening next week on this show. I guess Jughead's dying. Um, Soon, hopefully. This God damn it, we better not have to record this episode again. Uh, over and out, River Vixens.